I send me for the crowd, listening for my name. They shall be crucified, this man is who to blame. Welcome back to another podcast of Love, Transform, Restore. I turn to see his wretched face. I did not know it was his grace. It's you free me from the shame. It's you took away my Again, welcome to another episode of Love, Transform, Restore. Charles Prince, minister of the Lyman Church of Christ. I almost caught myself saying Ninth Street. Uh, If you ever hear me say I'm the minister of the Ninth Street Church of Christ, just ignore me. I've been there for five years prior, so um, it's hard to break some old habits, especially since uh, being at a place for that long and and, uh, have not been here in Lyman longer than I have in Deming. So if you hear me kind of mess up, and I'd be like, Night Street Church of Christ, just ignore that. <clears throat> ben, uh, so just ignore that, and hopefully um, I'll get it right, which I caught myself this time, and I almost said it a lot of times during the previous episode, but I was able to remember at the last minute, and so instead of me saying not Ninth and Lyman combined at the same time. But um, <clears throat> I just want to apologize. You're going to be hearing me clear my throat and coughing quite a bit during this podcast i'm trying to keep it to a minimum i'm getting a little bit sick and so i hope my voice is not too distracting from the message and i probably will not go the full 30 minutes i'm going to try to but you may notice that it might be a little bit shorter but i'm going to try my best to get the 30 minutes 30 minutes or more in for this podcast because I want to keep it consistent. Don't want to have a little sickness stop me. Um, if you listened to the Time Out Monday devotional yesterday, um, you are familiar then with the <clears throat> idea that the topic of today's episode is joy. Joy. Joy is often misunderstood. It's always seems to be portrayed as this thing of happiness. It's interchanged with happiness so often, especially when we look in the world. We often use those two terms, joy and happiness, uh, simultaneously or interchangeably, as if there really is not too much a difference in either one. Now, do not misunderstand me. Are there times that they can be interchangeable? Yes, there are times that it can be. But I want to focus on what joy means. What joy means. According to Webster's Dictionary, uh, no, I didn't physically look this up in the Webster Dictionary, just use the Webster online. Um, joy, the emotion evoked by well-being, success, or good fortune. 
that's the episode that's given from this uh from the dictionary but the episode i mean not the episode the definition that i'm going to give in a little bit it's going to be a little bit more deeper than just that and i want to start off with looking at psalm 92 and verse 4 psalm 92 and verse 4 <clears throat> for you O lord have made me glad by your work at the works of your hands i sing for joy this is not the only verse but you're gonna you'll notice that throughout scripture the word joy is used quite often and it has its it has a proper place there there's a lot of reasons for joy to be mentioned because joy is an essential part of being in god so even in the old testament we see the idea of joy taking place here but I want to, well, reading Psalm 92, verse 4, I don't want to discuss this too much because I want to tie this in near the end of this episode. The two passages I want us to focus on in referencing to joy is in Matthew chapter 5, verses 11 and 12, and James chapter 1, 2 through 4. And I want to focus on these two passages because there are a number of passages that talk about joy. And the joy, the idea of joy that I want to get across is out of these two passages because there is something that is taking place in these two passages that helps, un, makes us understand what kind of joy it is that the world has versus the kind of joy that we know we have in God. And I want to rephrase that first part, the joy that the world thinks it has, the joy they think they have versus the joy that we as the Christian know we have. Big difference in looking at that and realizing that there is a clear difference between the joy of the world and the joy of God. And so I want to start off in Matthew 5, 11 and 12. And again, um, I usually wait for people to turn to the passage of scripture um, just feel free to pause if you need to, um, to get to those verses, if you want to follow along, but, uh, Matthew 5, 11 and 12, um, near the end of what we often call the Beatitudes, bless are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad for your reward and is great in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. We don't see the term joy used in there, but the term rejoice can be tied in to a, to a degree to the term joy. <clears throat> so I want us to keep that in mind. Rejoice and be glad when others revalue and persecute you. Speaking all kinds of matters of evil against you for on Christ's account that's something that's really powerful there that to rejoice in that which we see in the book of acts the apostles will do that when they are punished and they counted themselves worthy to be to suffer for the cause in the name of Christ and that's a very powerful thing to keep in mind now having read Matthew 5 11 to 12 I also want us to read James 1 2 through 4 James 1, 2 through 4. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith 
produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. <clears throat> Before I continue, I want to mention that joy can come from any circumstance. However, I want us to focus a good amount for the time being on the joy that we get from what happens to the Christian in Matthew 5, 11 and 12 and James 1, 2 through 4. I want to focus on those because so often looking at the world and at joy and we since we confuse joy with happiness so much that we we are happy when good things happen. We are happy when good circumstances are taking place. We are happy when the environment is good, when the situations in our life, in our job, in our home are good or great or anything above good, even okay. Something that we will say, uh, it's okay, we you know, still might produce a certain amount of happiness that comes from it. However, I want to read this from uh, Kira Bridges, a blog that she does online. And I think she sums up the difference very much of, of what is happiness. She says, happiness is tied to our circumstances while joy is not. Matthew 5, 11 and 12 and James 1, 2 through 3, which tells us to find joy in trials and suffering. This is only possible because joy comes from glad, gladness in the Lord alone. I want to, I've found this in preparing this lesson, and I think she hits it on the nail, the hits, the, hits the head on the nail, because she, it's perfect. She says happiness is tied to our circumstances, and that is absolutely true. That's the reason why we cannot confuse joy with happiness, because happiness is tied to what is going on around us and in our lives. Joy is there regardless of what is taking place. How do we find joy in the Lord? How do we find joy when we are persecuted, when we are reviled? How do we find joy when we're going through the trials of life, the things that are hitting us constantly every single day? It's a constant battle. You think of passages like Matthew 7, 13 and 14 and talking about how few, there's going to be so few that find the narrow and straight way. And it's really, really sad. And I honestly think that one of the reasons so many people are not going to find the straight and narrow way, and let me rephrase that. People, there are going to be a lot of people, I think, that will find it or know that that is the way to go, but many will reject it. Why will many reject it? They will reject it because we have bought in that God wants us to be happy all the time. God never said anywhere in scripture that his mission or our mission in God is to be happy all the time. 
I wanted to mention not be happy all the time because as the Christian, are we going to be happy? Yes, we are. There are a number of things in our life that makes us happy, both spiritually and physically. We're going to be happy. It's great to be happy. There's nothing wrong in being happy. I don't want anyone to come from this podcast thinking, oh man, he's saying happiness is the wrong. No, happiness is a great thing. It's a great trait to have. Some people I know, and and not just people I know, but even myself, I can uh, I can do good. It could do good. It'd be best for be better for me and others to be more happy in our lives. But as I mentioned from Cairo, happiness is tied to our circumstances. Joy is not. The word joy in the Greek means gladness, reason, and reason for gladness. Gladness and reason for gladness. I want to focus on that second meaning there, reason for gladness. Because I think in just focusing on the term gladness, which, like I said, there are certain times that joy and happiness can be used interchangeably. But I'm talking about the times when it cannot when you need a reason to why you are glad. And being in God is more than enough reason to be glad. It's more than enough reason to be in Jesus Christ because he has given us a reason to be glad. You know, you think about what we just, what we've read back in Psalm 92 verse four, for you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. By your work, the Lord has made me glad by his work. At the works of his hands, I sing for joy. I know I said I'll mention that near the end, and we will. And this, we're not at the end, but I want us to tie that in again because I wanted us to keep in mind that joy in the Lord is what we survive on and is what we absolutely need in our lives. So again, happiness is tied to circumstances because happiness can be taken away like that. Someone can lose their job like that. Somebody can die like that. Someone can be injured like that. Somebody can be injured and still alive, but they are affected for the rest of their life like that. There are so many things that can happen in life that our happiness can be taken away like that. And that's when we have to realize when the happiness is gone, is there joy in our lives? And not just joy, but is there joy from God in our lives. I think of times when scripture talks about joy and there's a Christmas song even this being the Christmas uh, time and whatnot. there's a song that sometimes you might hear on the radio depending on whether or not you um, whether or not you get Um, variety or not, which I'm not here to talk about that right now, but 
One thing I find intriguing, there's a Christmas song we sing, and I think that, or I say we sing or listen to on the radio, that I don't think we fully quite understand because, again, we tie joy in with happiness. Um, that song is Joy to the World, and the title is correct. With Christ coming into the world, he is bringing joy. And a number of Christmas songs talk about Christ bringing joy when he was born. And we even see in Matthew chapter 2, looking at verses 7 through 10, um, then Herod secretly called the Magi and determined from them the exact time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. And when you have found him, report to me so that I too may come and worship him. After hearing the king, they went their way. And the star which they had seen in the east went on before them until it came and stood over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. The joy that they had is knowing that they have found the king. <clears throat> now, so many times... We think about the birth of Christ. We think about the joyous occasion that it was. And it was a very joyous occasion. However, we must keep in mind that Christ not only came to this earth, not only did he um, come from the throne of heaven, come from heaven and to come and to become a lowly man, but also still being God. And doing this, he had one mission. His birth was a joyous occasion. But how often do we consider the death on the cross a joyous occasion? Oh no, it's not happy as far as seeing that our buried Lord and Savior was crucified, was tortured, went through all of that for us, for us I know I am not worthy and no one I've met is worthy of that. And no one will I ever meet is worthy of that. No one in my past that I have met will ever be worthy of that. Now, do I feel like there are people more worthy than me to have received that? Oh, definitely all the time. <coughs> but... His death on the cross was definitely a joyous occasion. But it was not one that provokes the same kind of happiness that you would think about with a child being born. So how was it joyous? It was joyous because it gave us a reason to be glad in him. He gave his life for us so we can have a reason for our hope and for our gladness. My friends, joy is deeper because despite in seeing that he was born so that he can walk among us, so he can prove who he was, prove who God was, and prove to everyone that God is not only a loving God and not only a God to be feared and respected, but he ha was he has a commitment to saving man. <clears throat> that should bring us joy. That should be our reason for gladness. Our reason 
for why we are glad. You know, you think about, again, the crucifixion there. And in John chapter 16, you know, we see that the disciples were getting a little bit uh, worrisome and, and everything. And you notice there in chapter 16, looking at verse number 22, so also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. We're not here on this episode to discuss how some of the apostles and disciples had died of persecution. But there's one thing I do want us to keep in mind, though. Jesus said that no one can take their joy away from them. And he said this before he was going to be crucified. So not even saying that those in the crowds that are shouting and are pleading for him to be crucified can take that joy away from them. Again, this proves that joy is deeper than happiness. Joy, which... There's an acronym, or the, I, I think acoustic is the better term for it, the more proper term for it. But um, if it's not an acoustic, um, what I'm thinking of is the poems where each you put down a letter, or not a letter, rather a word down, and each letter in that word represents another word. And so I like to break down joy in that way. And I've heard this when I was younger and I'm, and I got reminded of it again, not long ago when I was, uh, we were riding with my dad somewhere and we were listening to Cliff Goodwin and he had, and he was doing a gospel meeting at the West Georgia church of Christ. And, um, and I got reminded of that acoustic their acrostic that's it acrostic i i knew something seemed off with that because i was like an acoustic it has to do with music i really don't think that this is the actual thing so an acrostic there we go um the acrostic he brought up for joy and which reminded me um j for jesus o for others and y for yourself and other, in other words, what he's what he is getting at, and not just him, but for um, wherever this acrostic had originate from, perfectly describes joy. You get joy by placing Jesus first, others second, and then yourself. You know, you think about placing Jesus first, Matthew six thirty three. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you so you think about that and you think about how the importance of putting jesus first is a necessity there is no other way for us to receive joy if jesus is not first because if he's not first then everything else falls apart our foundation has to be strong in him so not only do we have to put Jesus first, but we also have to keep in mind that we also have to put others, not others first, but you notice that though you don't put others before Jesus, you don't put others, uh, you don't put others after yourself either. 
You think about passages such as Galatians 6 and verse 10. So then, while we have opportunity, let us do good to all people and especially to those who are of the household of the faith. So we have an obligation to do good to all, especially to those of the household of faith. So <clears throat> now we keep in mind our brothers and sisters in Christ and realize the importance of um, being great examples to them and not just examples, but, and also in helping and one another, not just physically, but spiritually. And so we see Jesus first, others second, and then yourself last. And one passage, one verse rather that comes to mind when thinking about putting yourself last. And I want to make something clear here. This does not mean that we neglect ourselves. Not at all. Especially spiritually. We do not neglect ourselves spiritually. But when we have Jesus first and others that come after that is in that order and placing these people, placing Jesus and then placing these and placing people second, then it will help us out spiritually maybe sometimes physically but i'm not talking about physically here but spiritually it will help us out it'll help us out because we because sometimes that encouragement is reflected back on us especially in assisting others spiritually and we always receive encouragement from God and from Jesus Christ reading and looking through God's word and understanding what is in God's word. But in keeping in mind that even though ourselves are to be last in order to receive joy, that does not mean we neglect the responsibility we have. I think of Ezekiel 18 of verse 20. The person who sins will die. The son will not bear the punishment for the father's iniquity, nor will the father bear the punishment for the son's iniquity. The righteousness of the righteous will be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked will be upon himself. So we are seeing here that <clears throat> no one else is going to be responsible for what happens to us eternally on the day of judgment except for ourselves so i just want to get across here that yes we need to put jesus first yes we need to put others second and we need to be last but this does not mean we neglect we definitely cannot afford to neglect we need to be mindful we you know working out our own salvation we need to keep those things in mind because we will be responsible for ourselves so this is just you know so we have to keep in mind that joy has a number of things a number of connotations that we must keep in mind that joy is deeper than happiness happiness depends on our circumstances joy depends on our trust and our faith and in god the more trust and faith in god we have the more joy we have so the more that things happen to us the more we can say you cannot move my faith from God. Think about Psalm 1 and verse 3. What is it that we see in Psalm 1 talks about the righteous man and the one who who is strong. They're planted by the waters, by the river. 
by the rivers of water and you know trees that are planted near sources of water are strong because they receive good amount of water and nutrients because they have a water source right there they don't have to only depend on rain and depend on artificial means to be watered they have a constant source of watering so we as the christians we need to have a constant source of being strengthened and our roots to go deeper and constant source of new of uh, nutrition and that comes from the word of god in john 16 we looked at verse 22 um christ informing and letting them know that his time is coming and trying to reassure them that they need to not only have that joy but that reassure them that no one can take that joy away from them in verse 33 i have said these things to you that in me you may have peace in the world you will have tribulation but take heart i have overcome the world Christ has overcome the world. What other type of joy can we get? There's no other joy we can get because our joy comes from the fact that Christ has overcome the world. Faith is the victory. We have victory in Christ. I am so glad that he has overcome the world and that I am and I have the opportunity to serve the only source of joy and have that joy, have a reason for my gladness. What reasons has he given for gladness? Well, he died for us. He gave his life for us. And not only that, but in doing that, he created a way for us to get to the father perhaps you're listening to this podcast and you're wondering to yourself how can i have that kind of joy that even when the world is against me even when circumstances can change in an instant that i can keep constant in the name of christ and in jesus christ himself how can i stay constant in that well my friend i like to encourage you and to read the word of god more to study it. We see that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, the word of Christ in Romans 10 verse 17. In Hebrews 11 verse 1, we're told that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And, you know, you got to produce a faith. You got to have faith that God is going to do what he says he's going to do, of which we will have a podcast um later on down the road episode later on down the road discussing what god still has yet to come or what things god is going to do that's coming down the road and see that he has fulfilled prophecy um in the past and we can going to be looking at a number of these prophecies that have been fulfilled and not only knowing by faith they've been fulfilled uh, fulfilled but a lot of them some uh, have archaeological evidences of showing that they've been fulfilled as well <clears throat> so must produce that kind of faith and then repentance willing to change your life you know in uh, Acts 17 verse 30 uh, scripture reads that at this time of ignorance and referring to prior to 
um, the events of the cross and the events of the day of Pentecost and everything, I mean, everything before that. Now, in those times of ignorance, God overlooked. So this did not mean that God approved of everything read of the Old Testament. You know, so often I hear people say, well, in the Old Testament, God, you know, it was okay for them to do this. Not, no, it was never okay. It's just God had overlooked it. He winked at it. But now commands all men everywhere to repent. And knowing that something more perfect was coming and that this that was coming, the Christ that was coming, was going to, was meaning that we had a responsibility to be in the right. I mean, I understand we're not going to be perfect. And the repentance is the idea of getting us on track so that we will want to serve God and we want to leave behind the things of the world. And once you're willing to do that, you know, we think about uh, Matthew 10, verse 32, and confessing the name of Christ. Now, <clears throat> um, this is not referencing to someone confessing their faith for the first time. But I like to use this verse because this, you know, when one confesses that they believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that's not the first, I mean, that won't be the last time they confess it. They may not exactly say it out loud, but they will constantly be living that confession with their life or let's rephrase that they should be living that confession with their life so it is important that we must realize that we are not just professing our faith but we have to live it and then being baptized for the remission of your sins acts 2 38 verse 37 um they just heard a masterful lesson from peter it was masterful, but it pricked and cut a number of them to the heart because they just got told that the very Messiah that these Jews were waiting for, they had just murdered him. In verse 37, when they asked, brethren, what shall we do? Many of them thought there, I'm sure many of them thought there was nothing they could do. But you notice Peter told them that to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And one thing you realize is that it, they had already heard the message. They obviously believed it because if they didn't believe it, they would not be begging and hoping they get an actual answer when they ask men and brethren, what shall we do? And they got the response. They're told to repent, and I'm sure after hearing that they had killed the Son of God, I'm sure that repentance is one of the big things they absolutely wanted to do. Be baptized for remission of their sins, and just seeing the beauty of God's grace and his mercy working through that and throughout the book of Acts and throughout the New Testament, and seeing how people turn to God to find their joy. Joy is only found in God and through his son, Jesus Christ. I got through this lesson. <laughs> I've been trying to keep my coughs and stuff down to a minimum. And I thank you all for being more patient with me and uh, been 
hopefully I can get better and feel better soon. But I hope and pray that you all have gained uh, quite a bit of knowledge of joy. And if you already know about joy, I pray this was a good refresh refresher for you. And definitely, hopefully, I'll be um, clear by next Tuesday. Uh, next Tuesday is Christmas Eve, but I'm still going to have a podcast out. And we're going to be talking a bit about some of the, uh, the uh, truths and the myths about Christmas. Uh, I encourage you to uh, keep that in mind. And it's not to, let me rephrase that. Not necessarily the truths and the myths about Christmas, but more about the truths and the myths about Jesus Christ. So uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. So definitely be sure to come back for that. And again, this is Charles Prince, the Lyman Church of Christ. Thank you all. Have a good rest of your week. And to God be the glory. Thank you.